church wardens looking nervous on the front row. (laughs) Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Easter. And we pray that today we might understand increasingly what it means for us. For you have died for us and we have died with you. For you have risen and we have risen with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if, uh, like me, you had one of those school teachers who caught you uh, looking outside the window during one of your, say, maths lessons and, uh, and quickly drew your attention to the person mowing the school playing fields outside and said, Moy, unless you focus on where you're supposed to be going, you'll never go in the right direction. I mean, that might tell you more about the school I went to than anything else. Uh, but that was indeed uh, quite a good impression of my maths teacher, who was huge. He sometimes would threaten, if we weren't paying attention, he would come behind us, pick up the chair with uh, the boy sitting in it, and threaten to chuck us out the window. Not surprisingly, everyone in his set ended up with an A grade in GCSE mathematics. <laughs> but anyway, on one occasion, a teacher looked out the window and said, unless you do what that mowing person's doing, of keep going in a straight line, uh, you're always going to go off. And do you know how they keep going in a straight line? Why do you know? Focus on something ahead of you and keep going there. You can't look at the mower or you'll go sideways. You have to look at where you're going. And exactly the same is true for the Christian life. Uh, Of course, in a straight line, it's not just one point that's important, is it? There's also the other end of the line that's important. And the colic we had today is just marvellous. It's based on Romans chapter 6. It's the collect for Easter Day. And it says this. Lord of all life and power, who through the mighty resurrection of your Son overcame the old order of sin and death to make all things new in him, grant that we, being dead to sin and alive to you in Jesus Christ, may reign with him in glory. Being dead to sin and alive in Jesus Christ. And the first starting point of our line, our straight line, is being dead to sin. It's the cross of Jesus. And for the purpose of this talk, I I might assume that we're in that middle ground between the cross and the the other point. But of course, it's entirely possible that either listening online to the recording of this or or sitting here today, you don't know whether you've gone through the cross, which is the starting point. So let me, let me bring the cross front and centre for us to focus on. Again, poor church warden watching the vicar rearranging the furniture. <laughs> it's always a nervous moment. So here's the cross, and if you've journeyed with us through Holy Week, you will have had that wonderful encounter on Friday where the key thing is that we come, we kneel at the cross, and as uh, John Bunyan has it in Pilgrim's Progress, we hand over all those things, all those burdens that have been weighing us down, our pride, our self-reliance, our I-did-it-my-wayness, our desire that we can just do things our own way, and we at the foot of the cross, kneel and say, I can't do this on my own anymore. I can't be good enough for life. I can't be right enough for life. I keep getting it wrong. We had a a moving reflection from uh, Jeff Nicholson at the Good Friday service where he was talking about 
first half of life and second half of life, and, um, and maybe the wisdom that can come in the second half of life, but the only thing inevitable about aging is getting older. It takes a certain amount of wisdom to bow down and go, actually, your way, not my way. Your way, not my way. And that's the starting point of the Christian walk. It's coming here and saying, God, would you please let the crucified Christ be my Lord? And the promise of Romans 6, as repeated in the collect, is this. You can be dead to sin. Now, in our world, modern day quotes, most of the things you'll have heard are things like, why does the devil have all the best music? We sort of play off the devil and God as if they're equal or even one lesser attractive than the other. The devil's more exciting. Why would you want to be dead to sin? After all, isn't sin doing what you want when you want? It's the definition of, of hedonism, isn't it? As long as it's not hurting anyone else, why can't I just get on and do it? The problem is, all that stuff does hurt you. And it hurts those around you. The way that we were designed according to the Bible was with two things in mind. One is that we can love God with our heart, our soul, our strength and our might. And it's only when we're doing that that we have real purpose. And the other is that we can sacrificially love our neighbours as ourselves. It's only when we're doing that as well that the human life begins to make sense. When we're sacrificially loving God with all our heart, strength, might and soul and loving our neighbours. That's when human beings start to work properly. When it's, I did it my way, building my kingdom. It does hurt us and others. It starts to ruin creation. It starts to ruin hearts. It starts to ruin relationships. It starts to ruin our minds, our bodies, our thinking. And this verse says you can be dead to sin. I mean, who wouldn't go for that? In the next chapter in Romans, Paul says, it's sort of a typical story of most human beings. He says, all the good things I want to do, I don't do them. And all the bad things I don't want to do, I end up doing them. If you're um, the right sort of age for this, confession time with Simon Mayer, that's my story too. My story just in the last 24 hours. It's so easy to do the things we don't want to do. So hard to do the good things we want to do. How can I get control over myself? How can I live the second half of life brilliantly? How can I master myself? Or do I just have to put my hands up and go, I failed, I can't do it. I'm just the same as everyone, I just can't. Well, the Bible answer is, yes, you can't, but that's not the end of the story. It says you can count yourself as dead to sin. Or you can have a fresh start, ground zero, begin again. How do you get to count yourself as dead to sin? It says you have to do this. You have to be crucified with Christ on the cross. It's not just that you lay down your sins at the cross. You also nail yourself to the cross as well. Say, I'm dead to sin. 
And many of you will have had a moment, an experience like that, where you say, not my way, but your way. I surrender. Choose to follow you. And that's the very beginning of the Christian life. So where do you head to at the other end of the Christian life? You're dead to sin, you start at ground zero, slate's clean, you're forgiven. At the other end is alive to God. And it says, as he was raised from the dead, so too are you raised from the dead. In other words, as you choose to be crucified with Jesus and you kill off all the sin in you, up from the grave he rose again. And over there, the empty tomb and the resurrection life beyond it is what you start aiming for. And you're looking at that resurrection. Occasionally you'll check behind you to make sure you're lined up with the cross. But you're fundamentally now orientated towards being alive with God. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Sounds simple, doesn't it? Anyone found the Christian life simple? (laughs) It's not, is it? Because we're still in this playing field where there's a whole load of distractions around us. You're trying to mow, I'm dead to sin, I'm alive to God. And uh, suddenly you look this way and there's, there's Mark and you're like, wow, he's got an amazing dress sense. I wish I was as well dressed as Mark. <laughs> or you look over here and you're like, wow, I wish I could do that. You look at Tom, you know, I wish I was as tall as Tom. That would be, uh, when I grow up, maybe I'll be as tall as Tom. And you look at Dave over there, you think, wow, what a nice smile he's got. Oh, I wish I could be like that. And, and every time you see one of those people, you start going, whoa, whoa, whoa. And you look down on yourself, and you look down on, on others. You look away from God, you look away from resurrection, you start focusing on this life that we're living in now. And you look back and you're like, whoa, that's a crazy line that's been drawn. They're not going to hire me at Wimbledon Tennis Club. <laughs> if I can't keep going in a straight line. So what do we do when our life has got out of kilter between those two points? The first thing is, make sure you've got on the line in the first place. (laughs) Do you know that you have come to the cross? That you have asked for forgiveness? That you have been crucified with Christ? (laughs) It sounds difficult, but it's actually very, very simple. We sometimes say it's as simple as, uh, sorry, thank you, please. I'm sorry for my sin. Thank you for dying for me, please. Uh, Let me be dead to sin and alive with you. Sorry for my sins. Thank you for dying for me. Please let me be dead to sin and alive with you. Simple as sorry, thank you, please. And that's when the real work begins. You're looking ahead, you see the resurrection. You see life flowing. How can I walk in a straight line? Well, if like me, you've walked off course in the last few days or over the last year, Easter is just the most wonderful day to come back and make sure you're on the line. Because it doesn't say be without sin. It doesn't say everything has to be perfect from the time you get to the cross. It says you need to get back into your maths lesson. Do you remember we began in a maths lesson with my big teacher? And you have to count. 
what do you have to count? You have to count yourself dead to sin. So you wake up in the morning, you're like, I've really screwed up. But this is my ground zero. I'm dead to sin. We've said confession already in this service, haven't we? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will purify us from all unrighteousness. Ground zero, I'm free. There's resurrection, there's eternity. I'm alive. And you just keep walking and walking and walking. And do you know if you get it wrong? Nothing personal, Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) You count yourself dead to sin again. It's a deliberate act of the will, not to indulge in self-indulgence, sort of, I'm rubbish, I'm terrible, I can't do this, I can't do a good Christian life, I get it wrong all the time. That's as self-centered as anything. No, because of Jesus, I'm dead to sin. And I'm alive to God, I'll carry on. Deviate off here because of sadness or something going wrong. Actually, I'm not going to wallow in my self-pity. Count myself dead to sin and alive with Jesus. Alive with Jesus. And before you know it, you've made it from one end to the other. And you discover that the empty tomb is also the gateway to eternity and the gateway to resurrection life that goes on forever. How did you get from one end to the other? It was all God's grace. Did you have to be good enough at any point along the way? No. You just had to remind yourself what line you were on and get back walking in the right direction. I am dead to sin. Is that not incredible? Doesn't mean I'm perfect, but it means that positionally, functionally, in actual fact, I am dead to sin. Why? Because it's already gone on the cross. Sometimes I veer off, but that's an alien identity. That's not my true passport. My true passport is dead to sin and alive to God. Friends, do you know that truth? (laughs) Is that your reality? (laughs) It's the most wonderful thing, if you know it. (laughs) Because we all sin in so many ways, don't we? We all mess up in so many ways. Some people live with this burden of, I just can't be good enough. Or I failed so badly. When Easter says you just have to count yourself dead and alive, and keep walking, keep walking. So today we're going to open the font on Christmas Day, on Easter Day, and we're going to pour in our baptismal water. Because Romans 6 says we were baptized into his death, and we're buried with him in his death so we can come alive. And with this beautiful water, we're going to remind ourselves that we can be free, that we can be clean, that we can always, always start again. If we were a properly Catholic Anglican church, I'd have a bit of hyssop 
and I'd spray you all over the place with the water as a sort of a reminder. Um, but as I can't reach all of you from here, uh, let's get Dave to be a visual aid for us. Uh, Dave, come here. <laughs> Dave's a lovely member of our staff team here. Um, Dave, on behalf of everyone else, <laughs> remember that you're dead to sin and alive to God. And if when we get to communion, you'd like to come up, have communion, and then come over to the font. And uh, why don't you do it to me, Dave, as well, to make it fair. And uh, just remember, I think that was fair. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and just remember that it's because of Jesus that you're on the right path. And you are on the right path. It's a narrow path. It's a thin path. It's a wonderful path. But it's the only path you can be on when you're with him. Because it's the path from death to life. May God bless his word to us today.